Moment of Truth with Pastor Matt Shackelford is a ministry of Central Church in Collierville, Tennessee. Please visit us online at centralchurch.com. What does it take for guilty man to be made right with holy God? The Bible tells us all have sinned. We've all broken God's law and we all stand guilty. And God says that the wages of our sin is death. And you can't earn salvation. You can't bribe God with good works. So what do we do? This is the truth. There's only one way to be made right with God and it's a free gift. And the moment that you repent, the moment you place your faith that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins, God will make you right with him. He will wash you, he will make you white as snow. So moment of truth today, what will you do with Jesus? Have you ever struggled to reach the finish line for one of your personal goals because you felt the weight of the world on your shoulders? In those moments of anxiety and darkness, the encouragement of a loved one can give you what you need to finish strong and avoid falling into future potholes. Today, Pastor Matt continues his sermon from 2 Timothy entitled, Pleasing Your Father and shares three ways to please God and finish strong by stirring up the saints, studying your Bible, and separating from those who are swerving from the faith, you can avoid the pitfalls of despair that so many fall into. Open to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 19, and prepare for your moment of truth. I don't want to live in a world of constant friction. How about you? This spreads. He will go on to say it's like gangrene. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But again, the crazy part is that this is in the church. So we need to sort of pull out of that. We need to be on guard against that. And he's saying, don't get off mission. You stay on mission. How do you stay on mission? You stir others up. You remind them. What's that look like? Well, let me give you an illustration. Just this week. I must have had, goodness, 40, 50, 60, I don't know, cards come in. My grandfather passed away, and I got card after card after card. And then I have a whole other stack of cards of people who are saying, hey, we realize this is a tough time in the life of Central Church. We just want to thank you and the elders. I even thought about bringing one to read it. It was just beautiful and stunning. And I got to tell you, that was so encouraging to me. That was so encouraging to our elders. God is so good. He used that to sort of stir up my heart in the gospel. You could do that for someone else. You could write them a note. How about this? Like, watch this. Someone who's having a really tough time with the season we're in right now. Remind them of ancient biblical truth. You know, brother, you know, sister, I know this is tough, but we're told to look for the return of our Lord, that maybe it's today. Can you imagine? How would your perspective change if what you're going through, Jesus Christ was returning at 3 p.m. today? Does that make your problems look a little smaller? Yeah, it does. We're to be expecting the Lord Jesus at all times. I want to remind you of that truth. You need to do that for somebody else. How do you please your father? You spend your time stirring some people up in the gospel. Second, there's a second way to do it. Second way to please God, you study your Bible. 
You study your Bible. Notice verse 15 addresses rightly handling the word of truth. This one's all about the word. Verse 15, it's all about the word of truth. Verse 14 is about these awful words, these war of words. Verse 16 is going to be all about babbling, but right smack in the middle, we have a section on the word of truth. You may be feeling like, I can't do much in this season. Actually, you could do a lot. And it starts in your Bible. It starts in the Word of God, going deep, studying, preparing for the next season. Dr. Barnhouse used to say things like this. He said, if I had three years to do ministry, I'd spend the first two studying. Labor in the Word. That's what this is saying. We don't need to be experts of every false belief system. We need to labor and become experts in the word of God. We got to study it. When the FBI trains people to spot counterfeit money, how do they train them? They don't train them on the counterfeit. What they do is they put the real thing in front of them and they point out all the different aspects of the bill, all the little watermarks, everything that's real about the bill. You become an expert in truth, not error. That's what you and I need to do. How do we study God's word? Look at a few ways. Notice in verse 15, look at your Bible, verse 15. Notice how it starts. It says, do your best. Do your best. This is a great word. It's the word zeal. Be zealous, be white hot. Maximum effort. Be fully engaged in this mission. All in. That's what he's saying. You and I, as we study our Bible, we need to be all in. Some of you are unfortunately doing what I call lazy Christian Bible study, all right? I also call it magic finger Bible study. You know what that is, right? You know what magic finger Bible study is? You take your Bible, okay, Lord, where am I gonna read today? Where am I gonna read? And three, two, one, boom! Judas hung himself. That's not helpful. Let's try again. Magic finger Bible study. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Boom! Go and do likewise. That is not helpful at all. Then you go to the Old Testament. You go there and you say, okay, let's try something else. Magic finger Bible study, boom. Do not boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. Okay, I won't do that. On with my day. And that's your devotional life. That's not what God calls us to. He's saying be zealous. Do your best. Don't just read it. Study it. Some of you feel like I can't do a lot today. Actually, you could do an awful lot in God's word. You could grow deeper to know the Lord. Have you done that? Are you doing that? There's lots of ways to do that, but first you have to crave it. There's great tools that you could use. You know, I brought one this morning. I love this one. This is the scripture journal set. Boy, I love this one. Here's my first Peter. And what you can do is on one page you have, you know, the text itself. And on the other page, you can actually write in some notes from your devotional. This is great. I love this. You and I have to figure out a way to get into the Word of God and have a systematic study. Be zealous. Young man, when you go to work, maybe it's as simple as leaving a Bible in your car seat, and before you get out of the car, you just pick that thing up and you read a chapter from Proverbs. Be zealous. Do whatever it takes to get into God's word. Wouldn't it be fun to do a chapter as a church and just go through this chapter at a time as a church? Wouldn't that be great? We could do that. 
But we have to get into God's word and be zealous about the studying of God's word. And then we have to handle it accurately. Notice here, he says, not only do your best, but he says here to do it as one unashamed, ready for examination. Do your best to present yourself. This is military language. This is military language. A worker who has no need to be ashamed. When your master shows up and you're ready for inspection, will you be ashamed? As a soldier of Jesus Christ, will you be ashamed of what you did and how you studied? Or will you be the kind of person who handles it accurately? That's what it says here, rightly handling the word of truth. Handling it accurately. Some of your Bibles may read rightly dividing the word of your truth. Maybe you grew up on that. Maybe it was King James. Rightly dividing the word of truth. What is that? What does that even mean to rightly divide the word of truth? Well, the word there, it's fascinating. It was used of three different professions at least. One of them was a plowman. It was someone who plowed the earth, tilled it up, cut through it. In other words, cut a straight line. Cut a straight line. It was also used for someone laying stone. They laid stones. They laid it straight. They made a straight line. It was also used for tent makers, someone who would join together animal skins, making tents, following a pattern so that there's not a sag in the tent which that one's interesting to me because Paul and Timothy, they probably spent a lot of nights making tents together. And maybe that's what Paul's doing here. He's reminding Timothy, just like you and I were workmen and we had to get the job right. As you handle the word of God, you do it that way. Get the point of the text. Pull out the commentary, pull out whatever resources you need, get the point of the text, rightly handle it. Rightly handle it. He's talking about a skilled worker, a skilled worker. That's what he's talking about. We need to please the Lord, and the way that we do that is by clinging to our Bibles, by studying our Bibles. Every movement that does not cling to the Word of God, every movement that compromises on the Bible experiences decline and loss. You know, I even think about just recently the Wesleyan movement, the Methodists, Was it just two years ago, three years ago, that they had the controversy over homosexuality, whether they could support this or not, and there was a split right down the middle, and they've suffered loss. The Boy Scouts, Boy Scouts of America, they compromised on the word boy. And then there's like the next year, they went into bankruptcy. It's crazy. Movements that abandon the Bible, I believe, do not experience the blessing of God. Movements that make the Bible central, those are the ones that are blessed. So two things so far. We need to stir up the saints, and we also need to study our Bible. You may feel like, I can't do a lot in this time. Actually, you can do a whole lot. You could stir up somebody, and you could also study your Bible. Number three, and we're done. We need to separate from the swerving. He comes back to that. Notice how he ends. This is so important to him. He mentions it twice. In verse 16, he says there are people to avoid. He uses that word avoid, which is the word walk around. There's some people you literally are going to have to walk around. You're going to have to avoid them. He even mentions their name. How unloving. Actually, it's very loving to call out swerving people. Hymenaeus and Philetus, they have swerved from the truth. Love, let me say this, and I want you to remember it. Love calls out error. Shepherds often have to point out error. Why? Because they're going to stand before God and God is going to ask whether they were faithful in protecting their sheep. 
Why is it so important to do this? Because evil men, swerving people, they infect the rest of the body. Notice he says in verse 17, it will spread like gangrene. Gangrene is an infectious disease. It spreads so fast that they have to put you in a hyperbolic chamber to stop the spread because it spreads faster than penicillin destroys it. Gangrene, that's the picture. It's dangerous. There are dangerous people that you and I can't be around. They upset the faith of some, verse 18 says. These were guys preaching that the resurrection had already happened. You take away the resurrection, you take away our hope. There are people with philosophies that you and I are going to be called to separate ourselves from. Look, it's not about not loving people. It's about being healthy. Sometimes if there's an organization or if there are a people that are unhealthy, you sort of have to separate. You got to call out the error, but then you have to separate from it or else it will infect the rest of the body. And you and I have to be so careful with that. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to bring up a topic that is massive in our city and in our nation right now. There are people and factions and organizations that we as Christians need to separate from. You basically have to be living under a rock to not hear the phrase Black Lives Matter. All of you have heard it. I'm going to stir up a little controversy. I'm already ready for the emails, all right? Good and godly people can disagree, but I have to answer to the Lord, and I have to speak into the issues of our culture, so I'm going to do that right now. And some of you will want to burn me for this, but I'm going for it, because I prayed about it last night, and I feel like the Lord is saying, Matt, as the pastor of Central Church, you cannot be silent on this. You have to speak into it. Is there anything wrong with that statement, Black Lives Matter, a resounding no? And this is why, hear me out first. This is why. There's nothing wrong with that statement because I'm behind that in the sense of every single image bearer of God matters. Every single one. I'm behind that statement in the same way I'm behind this statement. The lives of the unborn matter. And the lives of any group that is experiencing injustice, those lives matter. Your lives matter. Your children's lives matter. The statement, I'm sort of inconsequential about the statement. I really am. I am for justice because God is a God of justice. However, if you were to ask me, Matt, could you support the movement, the organization, Black Lives Matter? The answer is a resounding no. I cannot. Do I think Christians should support it? The answer is no. Why? Well, because the movement is different than the statement. The movement itself, and I need to say this to you, I want you to be aware of this, even if you disagree with me, I want you to think this out. The movement itself is really the antithesis of the Bible. I can't support something the Bible is against. Let me show you this, just a few thoughts here. This is right from their website. You can go there and read exactly what the movement believes. First, they disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. First of all, it's not Western. The family's not Western. It's, it's Eastern, if anything. But it was ordained by God. God is for the family. God is for the family. Their goal is to disrupt the family. My goal is to promote the family. I see that as a means of grace to God's people. So how can I be for something that they are settled against? Second, this is a big one. 
On their website, they say they're a queer-affirming network. I can't affirm something. I can love homosexuals. I can. I truly can. And I think we as a church need to do a good job at that. Loving sinners. Jesus loved sinners. But I cannot affirm the sin that the Bible calls an abomination. Still with me? Third. This is an organization that are trained Marxists. They are decidedly Marxist. What does that mean? Well, if you don't know history, Marxism is a form of atheism that wants to destroy the church. It wants to destroy everything religious. In fact, the founder is a guy named Karl Marx. If you haven't read a history book, this is Karl Marx, and he said that religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It is the opium of the people. Karl Marx said that. They're pro-LGBT. They are pro-abortion. They are Marxist. So I, as a Christian, have to be so careful that I separate from those who are swerving. And I realize I probably stirred up a lot of controversy, but I have to stand before the Lord and say, I shepherded well, and I was faithful. I have to answer for what I say. So do each of you. And you're going to have to think through this issue as Christians and say, do the organizations, do the things that I'm linking arms with, do they support what this says? That's really what you have to do. And if it doesn't, you have to separate. Why? Why does God say this? Because God is a lover of truth. He loves his word. And we are to lovingly, lovingly give this message. I want to give this message in such a way that it comes off not as fire, but as light. Does that make sense? I hope that's coming off this way this morning. I don't want this to be like fire and brimstone. I want to give you this message like a velvet hammer. I'm more like light illuminating than fire consuming. I want you to think about these things. I want to turn the light on these things. Now, as we close, we're done. But as we close, look at verse 19. Two words of hope as we conclude this. Times are bad. Times are tough. But look at the words of hope. First of all, the Lord knows who are his. Everything may be going bad. COVID, disruption in the community. I mean, it's just panic in society, factious people, even within the church. But let's remember God's firm foundation stands. God knows who are his. He's going to build his church. Therefore, I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I just have to be faithful. I have to preach the word. You have to preach the word. And then we have to leave the results with God. God knows who are his. Second, let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. What is this? Well, this is going back to the days of Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, they are in leadership over Israel. And there's a guy, a priest, his name was Korah. Korah arises up and leads the rebellion. And Moses and Aaron say, okay, why don't we see who God is for? If you're for us, we're going to stand over here. If anyone wants to name the name of the Lord, come over here, stand with us. And the bad guys, you stand over there with Korah if you want to be with Korah. And what happens next? The ground opens up and swallows Korah, takes him under, and all the rebels, right? That's what happens. That's the story. Why is he quoting this? He's saying this. God is still on his throne. God will take care of rebels. And you don't need to worry about what's going on in society. God is still reigning and ruling. That's what he's saying. God's people can separate, and God's saying, look, don't worry. 
bad things happen, bad politicians get elected, God says, nevertheless, bad people get into office, God says, nevertheless, coronavirus increases, God says, nevertheless, God is king and he will bring about his desires in this world. As we close, I want to end with a personal story. About 11, 12 weeks ago, it must have been 11 or 12 weeks ago, I was kind of frustrated in life and ministry. And I went to the Lord in one of my quiet times and I said, Lord, this is a difficult time. And I don't think it was what you expected or what you watching online expected. And it certainly wasn't what I expected. And I said, Lord, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. I thought by now we'd be casting vision. And this was the crazy part. I think it was March the 11th. We had this big family meeting, like 400 people showed up in the fellowship hall. Many of you who are watching online were there. And we were all together. I cast eight core values for our church. We were ready to take the hill. And this is the truth. We did not meet the next Sunday. It like just shut down completely. And it was a huge letdown. But that's where God has us. That's what God was doing. And I said, Lord, I don't think I can do much right now. And I'm frustrated. I think I just need to focus on caring for people and doing the best we can during this pandemic and ministering to as many people as we can online, but I can't really do much. And it was like in my devotional life, he rebuked me. And he said, Matt, actually, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. What can you do? And I wrote that down at the top of my journal. What can you do? This was about 11, 12 weeks ago. And this is what I wrote down. I want to show you. I could take care of myself. First and foremost, I can, I can take care of my heart. I can take care of myself spiritually. I can minister to my children. I can take care of myself physically. Get back in the gym, start lifting some weights. I can do that. I can preach the gospel. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a man of God who's in self-control. I want to take care of myself. I want to take care of my family. I also want to preach the gospel knowing these videos that you're watching right now are going far and wide. We're getting reports back from, from Kentucky and back from Southern California and Northern California. And we're getting reports back from Georgia and Nebraska and all sorts of places where these videos are going out. Who knows how far the gospel's going? I can preach the gospel every week. And praise God. I can create culture and cast vision. That's what we've been doing on staff. I can shepherd the staff and the church as best I can. And this is the last one that I wrote down. I can train leaders. I think that's what we need to be doing in this season. I think that in this season, we need to be prepping for the next season. We need to be training new elders. We need to be training people to do the work of the ministry. And that's sort of where the Lord sort of had me. But I came away with that question, what can I do? And I want to ask you, what can you do? You feel like you can't do a lot right now? Well, wait, what can you do? These three things you can do. These three things would please your Father. We trust that today's message has been a challenge and an encouragement to you. Jesus tells us that truth always demands a response. So he calls us to be doers of his word not hearers only. So this is your moment of truth. 
How is God calling you to respond? If you would like to watch or listen to this message, please visit online at centralchurch.com. We'd also like to meet you in person. Worship with us at 9 or 11 a.m. every Sunday at Central Church. If you're unable to attend in person, we also have services streaming live where you can engage and chat with other believers throughout the service. Visit centralchurch.com live to find out more. If you would like to donate to support this program and God's word being sent out, please mail a gift or you can call us at 866-TRUTH-TN and someone will be standing by to receive your credit card donation. We are located at 2005 Winchester Boulevard in Collierville, Tennessee. We can't wait to explore God's truths with you next week. Hi friends, Pastor Matt here. You know, just to be candid with you, I never dreamed that coronavirus would be lasting this long. You know, recently I was having a quiet time and I was so frustrated and I just went to the Lord and said, Lord, none of my plans are working out. It's so frustrating because you make all these plans for the next year and they all come crashing down and maybe that's what you're feeling today. Now you're just living in a place of isolation and anxiety and maybe you're even questioning how a good God could allow such terrible things to happen. We want you to know that we here at Moment of Truth, we're here to help. We want to invite you to reach out to us at info at centralchurch.com. You don't have to walk this difficult path alone because we know that God loves you and God says in the word that he is our refuge and our strength and our ever present help in trouble. And that means that if you need help, we can go to the Lord. We want to do that with you. If you need counsel, if you need encouragement, or if you need prayer, please feel free to reach out to us. Info at centralchurch.com. God bless you. We hope to hear from you soon. Moment of Truth is sponsored by Central Church.